welcome to an excellent new edition of The Partial Historians. I am Dr. Greenfield, and sitting next to me, ready to go with Roman history written all over her, Dr. Rad, yeah, in the building. <laughs> Lame. <laughs> so we've been in a bit of a mishmash of a narrative mm. where the Romans go out, they do some things in the countryside, everybody's slightly dissatisfied, sometimes there's a victory. Oh. Yeah, so we, we've been tracing the journey of Rome from the founding of the city, and the last episode was a lot of just random... <laughs> back and forwards. Random back and forwards between <laughs> Rome and the other people in the area. Where Rome's kind of like, I want to fight you. And the other person's like, no. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Maybe later when I've got a chance to get my crap together. Uh, can I go and put on another tunic and get back to you on that one? <laughs> and and ultimately the Romans took Antium, mm, which is big deal. Uh, a major city of the Volscian people in the south. Yeah. So, And although it does um, seem as though there's been a bit of tension with numerous people... Um, including the Sabines, the Volsci and the Aquii do seem to be the main contenders that Rome is having trouble with at this point in time. Would you agree, Dr. G? Yes. 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 All right. So I am starting off with some new consuls so we know roughly where we are year-wise. Now, according to my account, we're in roughly 467 BCE, and the consuls are Titus Aemilius and Quintus Fabius. Oh, yes, I said Fabius. That's right. If you're a keen listener, you will know that the Fabians were apparently annihilated, a family wiped from the face of the earth, except they weren't, and this guy is living proof. <laughs> Excuse me while I scoop my jaw off the floor. <laughs> Livy even says he was the sole survivor when the rest of his family were destroyed at Chimera. I'm loving the twist So he must narrative. be the youth. He must be the youth that we talked about back there in the There was only one. There was only one who <laughs> ran away, ran away. But yeah, here he is all grown up and consul. Oh, What bless. a testament to his family. <laughs> well, I mean, I've got some questions. Let's put it this way. All right, hit me with them. <laughs> I'm sure I can answer them. <laughs> one, our sources both set up really specifically that this was a disaster for the Fabii. Yes. Getting wiped out at Chimera for basically being a private army and saying we'll look after the border with Vade, don't you worry we're heading north yep, uh, yep, never no, seen I, I or heard from again I agree um, yeah. <laughs> completely obliterated yeah. and the narratives that went along with that and the mourning process that the Romans went through yep. the crying, the lamentations, yep. the tears yep. and the suggestion that there was one boy yes. uh, who didn't go I'd rather you use the term youth, if you don't mind. Well, even <laughs> if I do use the term youth, and let's say he was right on the cusp of getting his proper manhood toga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which he may have been. Let's say he was 14. Okay. So yeah. he was young enough to not be sent, but mm -hmm. old enough to still be a reasonable human being. He can only still be in his early 20s when he's become consul. I don't see what your point is. <laughs> Are you trying to say that at this point in the Republic, a consul had to be about the age of 40? I feel... Ridiculous. Well, ah, uh, I He's mean... He's a Fabius. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> well, see, I thought at I'm first... Concerned. when I When I first saw, saw the name, I was thinking, you know how we talked about, well, surely when they say the whole family, they're talking about men of a certain age generally men, uh, <laughs> men flesh rabbits men of a certain that's right age. yeah yeah we've got some silver foxes in there as well as you know 
some 20s and 30s happening. Some men who don't have any hair left. But we did talk about the fact that surely there must have been female relatives that did not go to Cremera. Surely there must have been really young children or, you know, random pregnancies that nobody knew about. We talked about this, that surely the Fabians did still exist. It's just that all the adult men were wiped from the face. It, it seems like there was a, yeah. a clear lineage issue. But no, this is the guy, he was there. He was there, Are man. you sure he was He was a grand there? zero. That is what Libby says, and I have no reason to doubt it. Okay, so, I mean, the detail I have is slightly different. Okay. Bear with me. Um, feel free to disagree at any time. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this guy is Quintus Fabius Vibulanus. Yep, yep. Son of Marcus Fabius Vibulanus, mm-hmm. famous consul of 483 BCE, right, as right. I'm sure you listeners would remember, <laughs> uh, and one of uh, the three who had been sent to command the garrison. So his father is one of these three brothers. Mm. These three Fabii brothers are part of that crew of Fabii that really monopolize the consulship for a good while there. Mm. His dad is the one that watches his brother get killed on the battlefield and then has to step over the body to keep fighting to save the day and then gets to refuse the triumph because it wouldn't be right because his brother got murdered. I mean, not a good moment, but you know, poignant. This guy comes from a traumatized family. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, look, regardless (laughs) of who exactly he is in the family tree... And whether Livia or Dionysius are right, he's definitely a part of that clan. Well, and yeah. even if he is quite young, which I suspect he might be, given the timeline. Well, yeah, it doesn't seem that long ago that we talked oh, about it. I suppose Chimera. it could yeah. be 40 at a stretch. I'm trying but to think, when was Chimera? I can't even remember now. He's still a young and as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, his partner in the consulship is Titus Emilius Mamercus, consul for the second time. Mm-hmm, also mm-hmm. a patrician, previously consul in 470. Not that long ago. No, 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 no. But somebody who's got some chops. <laughs> so, you know, he's got somebody to show him the ropes. Um, and I've called this year Retro Year. Retro Year? Retro Year. Because we're bringing back former... Things that are coming back into vogue <laughs> that haven't been in vogue for a while include the Fabii yeah. and land reform. Oh, yeah. I'm with you. I'm trending. I'm trending. Uh-huh. We've got uh-huh. it. We've got it happening. Yeah. History. Retrofied. <laughs> You know what they say, history not only repeats itself, it also rhymes. (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah. So, Emilius, this Emilius Mamercus guy, he has, when he was in power previously, he had actually been kind of a bit of a friend to the plebeian cause. Hmm. Yeah. It seems like the tribunes don't mind this guy. No. No, exactly. Um, And so, he seems more open-minded to this idea of, you know, land allotment, agrarian reform of some kind. It seems very promising, especially considering that in Livy's account, there has been some reported tensions between the Pelicans and the Patricians again. <laughs> Let us court the poor and relieve them of their suffering. I know, I know. Yeah, and, and everyone's, I think, perking up because it feels like it's going to be possible. Oh, but just you wait. Mm. <laughs> All right, do you... Is there at least hope in your account before you're going to stamp it out? Oh, yeah. So, so they do decide to get to, together and they're like, right. you know what? We just picked up this fresh land down near Antium. Exactly. Yo, yeah. we've got this spare land. Yeah. Um, and 
it's going to be great. Uh, we could give some of that to the plebeians. That'll mm. be all right. And what we'll do is we'll put together a triumviri agrodando. Mm. The triumvirs for the uh, reallotment, the giving, and the passing around of the land. Or a fantastic new pasta dish that I've just now invented. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it sounds delicious. It does. <laughs> and... There are going to be three former consuls, so uh, a band of patricians, essentially, placed in charge of this, Mm. including Titus, Quintius, Capitolinus, consul of 468, of the last year, (laughs) the last year. I guess because he's the uh, conqueror of Antium, that makes sense. Yeah, put him in charge, he knows what he's doing. He's been down that way for a while, he knows where the good parts are. (laughs) Aulius Virginius who should sound familiar as well, Consul of 469. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Dionysius mentions Lucius Furious. Ooh, uh, we love this a Furious. <laughs> we do like a Furious, and that is immediately contradicted by Broughton and other sources who claim that it wasn't Lucius Furious. Wait, wait, wait. But was it Publius, Publius Furious? That's who I've got. <laughs> Consul of 472. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so a whole bunch of old consuls getting together. Well, it definitely seems like there has been... I, I can understand why they'd want to have the patricians in charge because in Livy's account, definitely seems like the patricians are calling class traitor on Amelius. Okay? They are not happy of, of this perceived siding with the tribunes. Um, and, it, and I think there would have been a you know, bit of interclass... Well, class probably... Yeah, I guess interclass interclass conflict happening Mm -hmm. if not for the fact that Fabius steps in and he comes up with the solution of using Antium as a site for a future colony. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, now this is detail that gets really brushed over in Dionysius. Okay. um, Because he basically says that it's already on the table that it would be land around Antium. So it's going to be to the south. Right. And already at this moment, the Romans are dissatisfied um, so this is a reference to the plebeians because they feel like this means that they get actually effectively getting banished from the fatherland. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, look, I probably should have checked this, but I feel like we've had a similar solution like this put to the plebeians before. And they're like quite a while ago. And they said the same thing. They're like, look, <laughs> if I what? wanted to live somewhere yeah. else, I'd literally live somewhere else. Yeah. You know, when we did the whole first secession thing way back when we started having these arguments in the first place and you guys said you didn't want us to leave and, you know, found our own city and do our own thing. Well, that kind of suggests that you want us to hang around. (laughs) So we decided to stay. We trusted you, and you've broken that trust by not letting us have any land. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, I I feel like this is this this is not actually a new solution, as in the theory. It's just the location. Yeah, Yeah. and the Senate's pretty excited about this proposal, but (laughs) it turns out (laughs) they're like, well, you know, we're sending them south. Yeah, but. very few plebeians sign on to become these colonists yeah. uh, who will go down. And in order to combat that, because uh, the patricians do want to have some Romans of some sort or some allies in that area, yeah, they yeah. open up the field um, of application to the Latins and the Hunusians, uh, uh, yeah, the, the formal <laughs> allies of Rome at this point in time, and ask them if they'd like to join the colony. Well, I mean... I can kind of get where the plebeians coming from because it's not just a matter of, you know, not being in Rome. But the conquest of Antium just happened. Very fresh, yes. Yeah. I kind of feel like the Volscians might want that city back. Is it secure? Yeah. <laughs> Is I, it safe? 
I really don't think it would be. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't I don't blame them for a number of reasons. Yeah. Would you sign on to the offshore colonies? No, I would not. Well, again, especially since this whole, you know, loose alliance between the Volsci and the Aquians seems to be taking place. And last time it was by sheer braggadocio that the Romans managed to get their way out of facing a much larger army. Yeah, I can I can get I don't know how much the plebeians know about that, but I get it if that's where they're coming oh, from. Oh look, I think they know pretty well. They were on the ground during True. the fight. I keep forgetting I keep forgetting <laughs> that they are the backbone of the army. They actually, <laughs> I think they tell each other stories about what went on down there and what it's like and why they wouldn't want to live there. The old Roman telephone line. <laughs> <laughs> um so it seems to be the case that uh, the triumvirs go down there yep. and they do do some land division and mm. it's divided up into some sections for some colonies for whoever did sign up right. um, for that section and then they also negotiate with the population of Antium right. um, to have regain access to some parts of that land. I was going to say, Livy does mention Volsci and colonists and I'm like that seems weird, surely they're just going home. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to live in this brand new suburb that we created? Yeah. It was like, do you mean my old house? Yes. Yeah. Because if that's the question, the answer is yes. <laughs> could be the translation. I could be mocking Lily <laughs> for no reason. But yeah, I was like, Volsky and colonists. Yeah, no, it seems that, I mean, it's not very clear in Dionysius either. It just mm. says that some, they leave certain parts of it to the population of Antium. <sighs> Well, I wonder if even... Because obviously Antium, as we've talked about, it's just one city. It is just an important p- place in the Volscian territory. I wonder if... Because this would be more intelligent, I think. If people from... You know, who are Volscian, but not from Antium, are the ones that are able to live there. You know, kind of trying to get them on side. Allow them to live the high life in the grand city. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just theorizing. Come to town. We have stuff. Yeah. <laughs> more stuff than you've ever seen. <laughs> Where did you get it from? Never you mind. <laughs> They would ask questions. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I, I don't know, but yes, that's what I was wondering. Well, I think this is the setup for a sticky end, but let's see how it plays out. Mm. Um, I then have both consuls going into the field, as per usual for this I, period. I have Fabius going into Aquian territory. Mm. Is it Aquian territory that the consuls are? I have Amelius going um, into the area of the Sabines and the Fabius, and Fabius going into the area of the Aquians. So, right, okay. yeah. yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, I have very little detail, as usual, in Libby about this, but it seems as though Fabius goes into Aquian territory and they instantly go, please, please, don't come any closer. We'll do whatever you want. And so he agrees to a peace agreement with them. And the Aquians, again, I'm having flashbacks, and again, I probably should have checked this out, but I feel like the Aquians do this a lot. Although, actually, no, to be fair, I think it was someone else last time. Anyway, they instantly turn around and break the deal <laughs> by invading, uh, sorry, not invading, by raiding Latin territory, who are obviously allies of the Romans. So, yeah, faithless, faithless <laughs> Aquians. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, this seems to be, I think our narrative basics are essentially the same. Yes. Uh, Let but me guess, plays you out, have more detail. Plays out slightly <laughs> differently. Um, so... Amelius is going in against the Sabines, yeah. and the Sabines, as usual, um, don't want to fight. Mm. Uh, so the land is again ravaged with impunity. What happened to the Sabines? I mean, we had this great episode, the rape of the Sabines. There was all this fighting going on, and now they're everywhere at blankets. <laughs> Just yeah, look, yeah. I, I feel like they're maybe in discussions with some other people in the area, mm. um, and they've got some other plans, maybe okay. other fires in the oven, as it were. 
do you mean, Dr. G, <laughs> that they're about to hatch an evil plan? <laughs> I mean, I certainly hope so. I feel bad for them at this point. They're just basically huddling in their houses, being like, go away. <laughs> and every year the Romans turn up and they're like, we want to fight again. They're like, go away. <laughs> I'm in my room. I've got my hair in curlers. I told you, I'm not ready to fight yet. I don't want to. Take the food. I'm still putting on my makeup, and I'm just not ready yet. I can't find anything to wear. Just leave me. I don't. And the room is like, I'll come back next year. <laughs> They're like, fine. Then maybe you'll be ready to play. But no, apparently not. For about three years running now, that has not been true. Yeah. Um, and then Fabius hits up the Aquians. Right. Um, and the Aquians basically almost instantly are like, how about reconciliation? How about friendship? <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. Libby well, tells me how this turns out. I think after the downturn of the end of the previous mm. campaign year, where they were clearly working together with the Volsci yes. um, and that didn't work out so very well yeah. and maybe they've decided to take a different tactic and they're like how about peace mm. and uh, what Fabius does at that point he's like sure I'm interested in a peace but you're going to have to give me some assurances that you're really willing to deal yes yes um, so this means that he gets two months provision for his army Ooh, nice. he gets two tunics for every man <laughs> i know i've I, my note for fashion, this is turn to the left <laughs> fashion turn to the right <laughs> i've got wow wash and wear mm, <laughs> that is a step up as a plebeian you're like wow but this is the tunic that i just i just wear all the time and it's like would you like two other tunics <laughs> it comes in blue oh my god um and it's like, but this one's quite stiff. And it's like, you've never taken it off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's my life. That's my life. Uh, situation normal. Um, so he gets two tunics for every man and six months pay. Wow. And a condition that... Uh, I can't believe Livy didn't tell me this. Yeah. Mm, yeah, look, this is a good deal. Yeah. Um, and whatever else was urgently required by the Roman forces. Interesting. Okay. Yes, yeah, so I feel like that's a cover-all for a whole bunch of things that we don't want to talk about. Um <laughs> Mm. I'm hoping it's not people, mm. but yeah, I, 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 I suspect that might be people. Yeah, specifically um, of the feminine gender. Mm. Yeah. They conclude a truce at that point, mm-hmm. and with those that temporary truce in place, um, they send Romans send some men back to the Senate and be like, hey, we've got this potential for a treaty. Yep. Do you want to talk about the terms of the treaty? Do you want to dictate the terms of the treaty? Because there have been moments in the past where the Senate's like, you decide, buddy. Yeah. And the guy in charge of the army decides, and then the Senate is very unhappy. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, good idea to check. Yes. The Senate do give Fabius full power to make whatever peace he deems uh, necessary upon such terms as the Aquians will agree. Sounds fair. Um, and they come to a conclusion. Right. So the Aquians were to be subject to the Romans. Right. While still possessing their cities and lands. Okay. Nice. They're not to send anything to Rome except troops. <laughs> when so What ordered. about a pie? <laughs> we don't want your presents. No. <laughs> unless it's your presents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, they literally do mean that when they say on invitation. No presents required, just your presents. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, please don't bring anything. Yeah. Just your troops. Um, when they're ordered to. And those troops need to be maintained at the Aquian's own expense. This is quite a serious agreement they've got going here in terms of the Romans are getting huge benefits. Well, I feel like they're getting reasonable benefits, but also the Aquii have come out of this quite well because they don't have to send tribute. Yeah, I suppose so. I guess because we're just so lacking on any details about 
you know, any serious fighting or anything. It just seems like they're giving quite a lot for essentially this guy walking into their territory and going, so how's about it? (laughs) They're like, how about no? Well, yeah. I mean, that's what I mean. I could understand if there'd been some sort of conflict happening, but yeah, considering they never really come to blows, I feel like this is a pretty good deal for the Romans. Yeah, I wonder... I mean, clearly the Aquians have no intention of honouring it. (laughs) Well, it is interesting, though, because uh, the Aquians do give up a lot of stuff to initially get the truce process happening. Delaying tactics. Yeah, but they are giving away things. This is not just a truce made out of nothing. No, 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 no. no. But I feel like it's delaying tactics. Well, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes, definitely. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You're right. Yeah. and so Fabius concludes the treaty, returns home with his army, and that's the end of the year as far as Dionysius is yeah, concerned. Yeah, Livy too. Yeah, done and dusted. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously Livy does go ahead and say that the Aquins are faithless bastards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we're about to see that play out. Yes, yes, we are. <laughs> so in the next year, I have got as consuls Quintus Servilius and Spurius. Posthumous. I was going. I was really hoping it was going to be furious, but unfortunately not. <laughs> <laughs> so close. I know. Does that match up with uh, what Dionysius has for consuls of that year? Yeah. So Quintus Servilius Priscus. Priscus. Yeah, Priscus. Pri- yeah, Priscus. <laughs> that's, that's a whole yeah, other yeah, level. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's what his wife calls him. Uh, and Structus in brackets, maybe um, consul for the second time. Mm. So he was consul a couple of years ago. Yeah. And Spurius Posthumius Albinus Regilensis. That is quite a mouthful, that name. Oh, yeah, yeah look. That's what his wife says. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just Touché. on wife jokes yeah. at the moment. Um, they're both patricians. Um, no surprises there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Standard, standard for this time. Yep. Yes, and it seems that almost instantly the news of the year is that the Aquians... Uh, have been held to be violating their agreements that they've lately made with Rome. Catch up, Dionysus. <laughs> Livy's already way ahead of you. One year, <laughs> we're celebrating the Saturnalia together. Next year, it's betrayal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in my account, it's Sewilius that is sent against the Aquians. Ooh. Yes, yes. Well, I'm not even sure, to be honest. I'm not, I mean, oh. I'm not even really up to that, because it seems that from Dionysus' account, it's the Latins that turn up and complain. They come to Rome and they're like, um, so friends, buddy or plows, allies, Rome, if you will. Well, that would make sense because after all, Livy said that the way that the Aquians broke the peace agreement is by invading Latin territory, as in Rome's allies. And according to Livy, um, Servilius is sent against the Aquians, but Spurius Posthumius... um, Oh, sorry, and and he sorry, but um, but he seems to make a, a permanent camp in the Latin territory, mm. which would seem to be like obviously a defensive move because that's where the Aquins are attacking. Except, dun dun dun, just when things look like they're about to go down between the Aquians and the Romans, a pestilence. Oh God! I know a pestilence <laughs> attacks the Roman army and apparently derives them of their power to act. Oh yeah. <laughs> Wow. I presume that just means they're really sick and can't get out of bed. <laughs> There's so many ways that could be read. Yeah. Uh, the historical source material. <laughs> Always giving us the great details. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, so I think our our versions of events are quite different at this point. Well, because I okay, I'm just gonna add one more thing just so you know. Do it. <laughs> There's basically no more detail about that year. Oh <laughs> wow, that's pretty much me. Okay, done. okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. and here I am to take over the narrative. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just gonna sit back, listeners. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I think pestilence does play a small role, but it doesn't come up until much later. Okay, let me begin. Go ahead. It was a dark and stormy night. <laughs> Um, so it seems that the initial query um, from the Latins mm. is derived from a broader issue related to the land division that happened for the colony of oh. the year before. As in the Antium colony? Yes. Okay, right, right, right. Yeah, so the Romans have sent out some Romans, some Latins and Hanusians to go and colonize oh, of course. some land yes, yes. around Antium. Yes. And some of the land around Antium or some of Antium itself has been reallocated to the population of Antium, so to the Volskii. Yes. And, and we should perhaps say here, just about colonies in general, whilst we were talking about it last time in terms of it being about um, you know land allotment and that kind of thing, um, Having a colony there is obviously also good for the Romans in terms of maintaining control of that area. That's kind of the main purpose of a colony. That's going to be the point of it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So this is where the people Romans, live now. Yeah, the patricians <laughs> might be all like, "Oh, we want to give you land," but really, <laughs> <laughs> who's going to agree to that deal when they know they're just going to be at the forefront of the battle? Well, exactly, and that's what we were talking about with security—the security issue. Well, yeah, it has a lot to recommend it as a strategy from a patrician perspective. For sure. Because, oh, yeah, but it's smart. Yeah, it's yeah. Smart. Because yeah. once those people are invested in that land yep. and that area, they're obviously going to naturally want to defend it, and you don't need to increase their morale anymore because they can see the enemy come for their stuff <laughs> not to mention that the longer they're there the more that roman culture just spreads you know, yes. just by their presence but yes sorry yes. sorry interrupting <laughs> no yeah. no i yeah. mean get in there yeah um this sort of detail is what we want mm, mm. um so it seems that there is a sense in which the people of antium are being are using and cultivating land not just that which has been assigned to them huh yeah. Getting comfortable, huh? Yeah, yeah. Crossing... Thinking that this is their homeland, are they? <laughs> mm. <laughs> yes. Starting to uh, uh, use some of the land that has been given to the colonists. Okay, mm. okay. And... So this could be the Latin territory that Livy was referring to, maybe? Well, not only that, but they yeah. seem to have come to... I mean, it is, it's not just the Latin territory, I don't think, because I think this is just talking about the, that land reallotment. That's what I mean. Like, maybe it's the Latin territory. Maybe. Because he's maybe. not very specific, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and to be honest, it's not at all clear. Yeah. Um, but they seem to be... They're not just stealing the land in some weird way. Yeah. They're, making, they're coming to an economic agreement with the other colonists, and they're working the land for them and giving some of the produce to them. For As the right to use the their Latin land. and Hinnusian Yeah, so, okay. so the colonists, well, let's just call them the Roman colonists for now. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. includes the Latin and Hinnusians, but the Romans are there, yep. and they've got this land. They're like, meh, you know. I, <laughs> farming, I mean, farming, farming. I mean, I like farming, but how <laughs> yeah. do you do it down here? And <laughs> it's so far away. Yeah, yeah, away, yeah, yeah. The Volsci are like, well, uh, we could show you how to do it if yeah. you like. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you'd have to let us across this fence. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, hmm, okay. <laughs> And they're Don't like, yeah, yeah. And they're like, well, you know what? If this work is too hard for you, obviously we're, we we could just do that work, and and we just need to take a percentage for ourselves. 
I'm sensing a trap. <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> um, anyway, so it seems like like on the ground mm. when you're a colonist. Yeah, that seems like a good and, idea. Yeah, 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 and you're sort of faced with this like, oh, there are a lot of things going on here, and you know, I've never been given land before, so I don't really know what to do. With I've it. been asking for decades, <laughs> yeah. and here I am, and I actually don't know how to farm. <laughs> There's no manual. Yeah. Um, so, be like seeds, and now what do I do with the seeds? Uh, and somebody else is like, well, I could help you with those seeds, and like, could you? That would be incredible. Incredible. People uh, are so nice down here. <laughs> these people are so welcoming, you know? <laughs> Not like back in Rome with all those Patricians. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad I'm in the colonies. Yeah. Um, and so it seems that there's been some blurring of the lines. Literally. Yeah, <laughs> Literally. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. The Latins are the ones who complain about this. Right, okay, yes. And the Senate is like, oh... Okay, because the Latins turn up in Rome. They're like, guys, we need an army. You know, we need to get down there now. They're like blurring all the lines. <laughs> and the Senate's like, hold up, hold up. Let's investigate this situation. Which is fair enough, because it sounds like the Latins are stretching the truth just a touch. Well, also their armies are probably busy doing something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're like, okay, why don't we send down some ambassadors? Mm-hmm. Um, this is Quintus Fabius. Maybe you've heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and everyone's heard of the Fabians. <laughs> you know, this guy, he's cool. Yeah. Um, and he's going to go and investigate, essentially, with a couple other dudes. Right. Who are not named. Okay. Um, and they have instructions to look into some particular issues. Mm. Um, whether there was a general consent um, to having brigands in the territory. So mm. were the Aquians allowing people through? Right. So they had these land allotments and they're like, you see this fence here? This side's my side. Yeah. That side, on the other hand, that side we want the stuff from. Right, okay. <laughs> you're yeah. like, come this way, guys. I'll sneak you in to where the Latins are. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, was that happening? And thus there are, you know, some raids going on of various kinds. Yes. Two, uh, whether... Um, the people of Antium were actually involved in this or it was just some renegades of uh, the Aquians who were oh, just sort of stirring up some extra trouble. Oh, um, those Aquians. Yeah, yeah, as part of this broader thing. It was like, Which they do seem to do. Yeah. yeah. Nobody's quite sure whether they're involved or it might be some renegade Volskii, but, you know, is it something... Are they renegades from the state yeah. um, of Antium and the broader area? Can you have rogue renegades? <laughs> I think you can. Yeah. It just means they're extra roguish. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and whether um, there's been any sort of um, additional private complaints about yeah. misuse of land. Oh um, yeah. And whether things need to be fixed up in a legal sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so they're like, let's just investigate, shall yeah. we? Uh, which is also almost like a Roman way of being like, you know what? We're not going to do a thing. Because I feel like when they do a thing, it's with an army. Well, at yeah. this stage in history and they're like we'll investigate which kind of means like meh it does feel like they're palming the yeah, it's off a, a little, little bit, bit lower yeah. down on the priorities which would make sense because I can tell you my timeline is cray cray woo Libby what you doing down I there I don't know what he's doing yeah. <laughs> yeah anyway so the ambassadors get to the Aquians and they mm. have a discussion with them mm. and they're all very evasive mm. Mm. well yeah yes they're like, yes, well, you know, the plundering that you're talking about, that, yes, that was a thing. Yes, and it was done by public consent. Yes, yes, we're aware of that. Um, okay, well, good on them for... <laughs> and the Romans are like, so you knew about it, um, so we'd like those perpetrators. And they're like, oh, we can't give you them. 
what? <laughs> and they're like, no, I'm sorry. I mean, they're just wandering around. We don't really know where they are. Um, <laughs> That's what happens in the Blood Alliance. They, just, you know, they could be anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I, we're not really sure who they are, really, or what they're doing. But, you know, I, they just seem to be like poor people who are quite desperate. You know? <laughs> who cares what they're doing? Yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't know if we can do that. Um, Fabius is resentful. Uh, <laughs> apparently because he's gone all the way out there and they can't give him answers god damn it yeah, yeah yeah he appeals to the treaty uh that they've organized yes and which they have in his view deliberately now violated yeah yeah and he can see that they're not being quite honest with him right and they ask him time to deliberate <laughs> oh my god and he's like stalling and he's like i can see that i'm outnumbered here and i'm in foreign territory maybe i shouldn't have come for this chat um and so he can see that he's about to become a, a prisoner essentially of the api Ooh, okay yeah. yeah um he's outnumbered he can see that they're using the pretense of hospitality um yeah as a mechanism for keeping him there but not actually uh giving him any re- answers for this stuff so he's this is where the resent comes from right he's okay. like i came here on an ambassadorial mission um i you know, i'm trying to find some stuff out you guys are not answering any of my questions they're yeah. like stay have another glass of wine and he's like yeah. i really don't want to do that and they're like i really just want to get this sorted so i can get back to rome they're like, so what about some wine? <laughs> He's like, you know what? I'm going to take a wander about town and I'll come back later. And they're like, just stay in town. <laughs> Don't go far. <laughs> Make sure you come back to the party. Um, so he wanders around and begins spying. Mm. And he notices that there seems to be a lot of weapons being made and a lot of caches of weapons lying around. Again, smell a trap. <laughs> <laughs> It's a trap. <laughs> I don't know why they're letting him spy in the Yeah, see, city. all of this stuff seems to happen for me in another year. That's why ah. I'm getting that's why I'm getting confused. But please proceed. Yeah, no, yeah. he observes shops full of weapons of war. Shops. Shops. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah. Some already completed, others in the making. Mm, he perceived well. their intention. <laughs> how astute he is. <laughs> <laughs> this is how this is how he must have survived from error. Oh look. <laughs> You know, either him or his father, whoever you know, it was. Fabii, they yeah. have a sixth sense for these things. He's like, I can feel it coming. <laughs> I've been, I've been in an ambush before. <laughs> this is not my first time at the rodeo. That's right. <laughs> um, so um, the Senate, uh, hearing the news, uh, he manages to get word out. Um, they send for the Fediales. Oh, oh yeah, I remember these people. Yeah, yeah, these are important guys. Yeah. Um, so recap, the Fediales, they're great. They serve for life. So yes. one of the few priesthoods that do that. They uphold the use fetiale, mm-hmm. um, the sacral aspect of the judicious relationships of the peoples. Wow. Uh, <laughs> and they always act in pairs. I feel like that's a safety precaution. Mm. <laughs> Where's my buddy? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to do this unless the somebody Ro- holds my hand. The Romans always like to do things in pairs. They do like to do things in pairs. They're uh, like, can I go to the bathroom? <laughs> can I take a friend? You can take a friend. In fact, this is a public latrine. Can I go to that party? Is it okay if I bring a friend? <laughs> bring a friend. <laughs> Friends are welcome. <laughs> yeah. So the Fediales declare war against the Aquians. Mm. Um, on the condition... Yes. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I was, I was about to say something, listeners, and then I thought better of it. <laughs> so they they will uh, retract this declaration of war if um, the fugitives that are currently in Antium mm. are expelled from the city. 
Um, goodness knows why, because they seem unconnected with the AQA at this point, but maybe these are the same people and it's just not at all clear in the narrative. It's very unclear who's allied to who and in yes. what capacity. Yes. I mean, this is where clearly we desperately need the other side of mm. things because oh look i want the Volsky in history of this yeah <laughs> and the aquian history as well yeah and as long as um they expel the fugitives the people that they're looking for um they won't go to war and the aquians uh give a rather bold answer yes. and admit that they are not unwilling to go to war that's a very cagey um, way of saying it's all bring, my donkey kong bring <laughs> It yeah, on. I like the way that Levy puts it in that uh, he said he's a similar thing in that the Aquins are given the chance to um, free- freely repent <laughs> instead of suffering through a war, and instead they rejoiced in perjury. <laughs> you know what I like? War. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it it does seem like they're just being very cagey. You can't trust anything they're saying. Uh, Fabius is getting ticked off. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the part in the narrative of Dionysius where we get a brief allusion to the possibility that there's some sort of divine plague at play as well. Ah. Yeah. Okay, because, is... yeah, in, in my account, Livy's already in the consulship of Quintus Fabius again and Titus Quintius. Ah. Yeah, so it's a, this is the thing. This yeah. is all happening, but it's just happening after the plague. Yeah, it's happening in another... smooshed in together in yeah, sort of like a yeah, two-year it's a, it's period. A little, yeah, I mean, it's clearly, obviously, the same sort of conflict, which is perhaps why there's a bit of confusion, because Livy's very aware that this is essentially the same problem. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it does seem as though in the previous year, um, Quintus Aurelius and his army were waylaid by plague earlier. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is, it comes in at the tail end here, and it right. says, so... I mean, the Fediales and the Romans get this message that the Aquii are pro-having a war. They're like, sweet, because the gods are on our side for that. But unfortunately, there's this plague that has really, like, laid low their armies. And so they're unable to send an army out that year to start the war straight away, even though they've already declared it, uh, because the troops can't get out of bed. Yeah. (laughs) Well, okay, so this this is the thing. In my my next year account... Um, the Romans are obviously completely outraged by the conduct of the Aquians. Um, so insulted that both consuls have to come out to deal with this situation because it's just that much of an insult. <laughs> now that we can get out of bed, we're all coming. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, you know, the play having, having obvious, obviously happened. Like, Livy doesn't really say anything about how that is resolved. I presume it's just, you know, passes over. Um, but because by the time that they do this, it's not a good time of day to be fighting. The, the enemy are just sort of jeering them, saying that, you know, once again, the Romans are all about the show. They're not really planning to come to the battle, you know. Ooh, yeah, exactly. Ouch. Yeah, so isn't it convenient that it's almost nighttime and here you are parading around thinking that this is what's going to happen. Yeah, so the Romans are getting all G'd up, obviously, um, and they're... They're furious at this insult to their manhood, but they're persuaded to, you know, go back to camp. <laughs> Settle down. <laughs> yeah, it would make sense to, you know, sleep and that kind of stuff. Um, and so the next day is when the battle actually finally breaks out, and it's very fierce because the Romans are completely exasperated by the Aquian behaviour and are really, really angry with them. Whereas the Aquians, on the other hand, have a lot to lose because, obviously, from Livy, who's writing from a Roman viewpoint... They have chosen 
a path of dishonor and betrayal and being douchebags, basically. And so they have a lot to lose because they've chosen this sort of sacrilegious path and they better win. Otherwise, everyone's going to be really hating on them. I mean, could it be that they're just like backing up their old buddies, the Volsky I mean, like, we're on your side. We want you to have Antium back. We're here to help. It's, it is It's <laughs> interesting uh, and, and definitely seems like because they're both being fueled by quite powerful emotions, that's what makes this battle quite the clash. Um, however, eventually the Romans start to prevail and the Aquins in turn then get mad at their generals because they feel like they led them into a kind of battle that they were never going to win. And so... Being the again, they're sort of continuing the idea that they're you know just people of bad faith, they're bad sports, they're sore losers, you know. Um, and the Aquins are saying, look, we're not good at fighting that kind of warfare. We're more you know like plunderers and raiders. Why couldn't we do that kind of thing, huh? Huh? <laughs> so, like that doesn't work against the Romans anymore. Well, I would think that that's not really the kind of warfare. That's not really that's not really a battle, you know. Well, it's also it, you don't really gain territory necessarily from that kind of warfare anymore. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, I think it's just continuing that theme of the Aquians of faithless bastards. And they deserve... <laughs> they deserve nothing. But perhaps that is a, a good point to wrap up, to see where this exactly is going to go, because this continues... Yeah, because we are in a very confusing era yeah. of the narrative, I would say. Definitely. And, and we're getting a lot of, like, uh, cross-stories about how it's playing out. And realistically, what we're trying to take away from this is that this is a continuing and evolving situation where... Rome is constantly trying to establish or re-establish or push out from its own boundaries, but it's not sure how to self-manage properly, and it's pretty clear that the people around them are also facing similar issues. Yeah, I mean, definitely, I think by this stage, Rome has obviously established a reputation for itself. It's one of the, you know, the important cities mm. in the area, but it's certainly not no one would be foreseeing the kind of extent of the Roman Empire. Like, nowhere close. You know, it's it's still just... Definitely not. Yeah. And and actually, the taking of Antium is one of these uh, key moments in this narrative because there are so few places to really take and hold. Yes. And it's pretty yes. clear that they haven't really held it yet. No. Uh, <laughs> no. They're, they're struggling to hold it. Yeah. And there's a lot of uh, forces if, at play to undermine that. And the that. thing, if they can't, if you if you do get a chance to look it up and have a look at where Antium is or like where the Volscian territory is compared to the Romans, you'll see it's not that far away. If they can't even hold that, then they're not ready for an empire yet. Not, small fry. Very small fry. by a long shot. And so uh, on that note, Dr. G, I think it might be time for the partial pick. Ah, thank you, Igor. So kind of you to join us once again. <laughs> How do they always know when it's about to happen? That's the thing. Well-trained eagles, what can uh, I say? Yeah, look, right, war so eagles. This is our chance to wrap up the episode. So, Dr. G, what is our first category off the rank? Our first category is military clout. <sighs> this is a little bit of a mixed one today, isn't it? <laughs> Such a mixed bag. Yeah. I mean, have they really achieved anything? I don't think they have. I, I kind of feel like it's a five because they haven't. I don't, maybe I don't even think, lower. Maybe yeah, even lower. I don't think yeah. they've really gone anywhere. I mean, they sort of went out to the Sabine territory and went home again. Yeah, because the Sabines didn't come out again. True. And True. they haven't really, although they have declared war against the AQA right towards the end here, they haven't actually gone yet because they're all feeling a bit sick in the belly. It, it, it would explain, I have to admit, your narrative, I think, does 
or, or at least a narrative that involves plague of some sort does explain a little bit why the Romans are being quite frankly so forgiving when this yeah they're, they're clearly they're like, trying to avoid send, war. send some ambassadors but they're like they can see everybody lying in the camp being like oh <laughs> don't make me get up well i mean it does make sense doesn't it i mean the romans are usually down to clown <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> and yet here they are giving the aquians who've very quickly violated this peace agreement every opportunity to avoid a war that doesn't sound like the romans that i know unless the romans just aren't in the mood yeah, so maybe the plague is a real thing. Yeah, okay. So so maybe like a four? <laughs> oh, well, I don't see that they've shown any cloud. I feel like maybe a two at best. Ooh, okay. All right, Rome. You're down to a two. All right. Yeah, so a two. Yep. All right, diplomacy. Oh, God. When the army's down, diplomacy is up. Well, this is the thing. I was going to say it's actually bad, but I suppose it's not. It's just that the Romans aren't getting what they want what they want but they are trying really hard to negotiate aren't they yeah they're like look we'll investigate let's yeah. send let's send some ambassadors down yeah okay so maybe like a six Ooh. or is it because they're not getting where it's like yeah, a five like a, maybe a five because i feel okay. like the diplomacy doesn't come from a uh from a good place no you know, it's I probably s- coming from a yeah. i can see my troops aren't ready no, and that's just it. Livy is not out and out saying it, and neither is Dionysius. And whichever way you look at it, when this plague falls, I think the underlying message is the Romans are not up to it. They're just not up to it at the moment. So, yeah, it's coming from a place of, I cannot do this. I can't do, do it, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't ask this of me. Yeah. Expansion. Definitely no. Uh, that's zero. Yeah, okay. Weirdus. I don't think there's anything particularly spectacular happening. What do you think? I don't know. Is spying on your enemy a good thing? I don't think so. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, Fabi, they're not doing anything particularly bad. Yes, they're not doing particularly anything good either. No. I don't see any standout weird what's going on here. Not really. I think like that might be... Wow, well, maybe, maybe a zero. Because, maybe a zero. Yeah, like, there's nothing really. I don't know. I mean, oh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh. Unless we're counting five as, like, you know, like, mediocre... They're not doing no, much. No, I mean, I think I think there haven't really there hasn't really been any sort of display. So it has to be less than a five. Mm. Um, but I suppose, yeah, I get like maybe like a one in for not for not. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, one. for not for not just rushing headlong into <laughs> battle. <laughs> and finally, the category of the citizen score. Well, I feel like maybe there's some good stuff here. Guys, I got a year off. I mean, I, I felt sick the whole time, but, you know, it was worth it. <laughs> I, know that, yeah, I know that there's not a lot of good things happening, but it's for once it's not because the patricians are being particularly awful. It, it's just your, you know, your normal kind of thing that you have to look out for in the ancient world. Yeah, disease. look, and I mean, it's clear that some colonists are out there like, yeah. doing it for, the, for themselves. And so, that's like, what I feel. You know, maybe a five. Yeah, that's what I feel. For once, there's actually, you know, something going There's on. some hope on the horizon. <laughs> and I really feel like they need it because the grand total is a 13 golden oh, eagles. For a possible of 50, that's pretty poor. Ouch. <laughs> Every time I think that Rome might get closer, it does. <laughs> yeah, look, it's hard to balance all of these factors, I think. Yeah, we, we are creeping towards some pretty big milestones for Rome, though. Oh, being yeah. Being in the 460s And actually, now. the narrative has sped up slightly. Thank you, Dionysius, for just moving things well, along finally. Well, I, f- I feel like, as you, as you say, it, it's almost as though the early Republic, Rome was obviously figuring out a lot of things and setting up a lot of things. And so there was a lot more explanation to the situations that arose in this new scene post-regal period whereas now that we've been in it for you know a good few decades 
a lot of this stuff has already been established. We know the backstory. We know the history. It's the same old conflict, so there's no need to go into it. But, um, but yeah, who knows? We're just waiting for some developments to happen on the land allotment front, I think. <laughs> Will it ever happen? <laughs> Find out next time on The Partial Historians. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>